Good day, and welcome to another episode of When I Say I Mean. I'm your host, Austin. And I am your other host, Adrian. So, I, I was looking at your video and saw you wearing this bro tank, and I'm like, isn't he cold? Because I'm sitting here in my room, I have a sweatshirt on with a hood up, and I have a flannel jacket on, and it's so cold in here. Well... I wish I could have some of your coldness because it's like a billion degrees in here. Um, I actually have the windows open and the fan on, which I usually try to do all these recordings with both of those things off, but I didn't want to die of suffocation and heat stroke. I have the window open because it's too cold <laughs> and it's warm outside. So. Well, I guess there I guess there are worse problems in mass or in uh, Maryland in the summer. Oh yeah, so, like people keep saying, "Oh, my air conditioner broke." They talk not at all like that, but that was <laughs> what I was going with. Um, so the air conditioner is definitely not broken. I'm hoping. Usually, so this is my third summer, I guess technically second and a half summer in New England, and so far I haven't had air conditioners or used an air conditioner at all. I'm hoping that this is, like, the worst week. We have, like, one really hot mm. week, and then it's just kind of fine from there. But, um, yeah, hopefully hopefully we get – I think tomorrow it's supposed to, like, rain, which should help out with that. So, uh, I mean, I guess it's the beginning of July, so that's not totally unreasonable. Right. Um, but welcome back from creation. Those yes, of you we are who are back there, from creation. We're back. Um, and as we kind of said, this is our unofficial anniversary. It's not at all, though, because we actually started in October. Um, but I was thinking of more things to to talk about on this podcast. Um, and one of the things I thought about was uh, talking about the things that we like and inspire us in this podcast whether intentionally or not i think um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. why we like those things and if we try to incorporate them into our format why and do we succeed at all yeah i guess i don't, I don't really know if i can like pinpoint one thing that is like which focuses on our like the format of our podcast because the format of our podcast is pretty loose in yeah. reality it's basically like if if there is well a broadest stroke it's like here's a topic let's talk about it yeah um, i was actually thinking because uh so i'm reading city of god right now and oh i mean he talks about like plato and all this stuff together and i was thinking like mm -hmm. if anything this is kind of like and podcasts in general are more like dialogues than anything else. And there hasn't been, like, a lot of people writing or producing dialogues since, mm -hmm. like, 2,000 years ago. So it's kind of a cool way to bring back that format. Um, um, what about, like, the the Federalist Papers? No, I mean, not really, because the... Have you read any of Plato's dialogues? No. So there's characters in these dialogues, um, and normally they're asking Socrates questions or arguing with Socrates. Um, mm -hmm. Socrates famously didn't write anything, so people question it, whether or not he existed or where he's different or not from Plato. Fair enough. Because um, Plato wrote all of these these dialogues with kind of Socrates as the main character. Um, so he has his, his school... And they come and say, Socrates, how do you make a just society? And Socrates will start saying things, and they say, oh, what about this? What about that? Mm -hmm. um, and then Socrates will answer these questions, and he says, he'll bring up points, and they'll say, oh, okay, what about this? And, or they'll, um, I think one of the most famous they, he's talking about, they ask him, and he asks back, like, what do his students think? Is it better to be just and think, and everyone thinks that you're unjust, or be unjust and everyone thinks that you're just? 
Um, I think that's the fourth book of the Republic. So I, I was thinking that it, that is kind of how like all podcasts, yeah, are, not even just ours, right, right. Um, and I don't think that's an intentional choice by the podcasting people. Um, and it's kind of it's kind of different than an interview because. Mm-hmm. In an interview, you're looking for one person basically to reveal things about themselves or their ideas. Right. But right. Um, I don't know. Are, are we are, <laughs> are we lofty or pretentious enough to say that we're looking for truth in in our dialogues, quotes? Because um, Socrates, I, I, I like to. Go ahead. I, I mean, it would be nice, but I don't think we're as purposeful as Socrates and friends. No, and I don't think that the, the, and maybe I'm wrong in saying this, but I would say that they think that they could find the truth through the discussion. Right. And whereas, like, I think our discussions may eventually get us towards the right answer or get us towards truth, or, or not even get us towards there, but more... What's the word I'm looking for? More like focus it, I guess. Yeah. Not necessarily, because I, I don't think most, in which may be one of the, maybe one of the downsides of our podcast is we usually don't disagree with each other. We usually kind yeah. of are going in with the similar ideas about things and kind of discuss, say kind of what we want to say on those topics. Not necessarily we're going into this discussion saying, I don't really know the answer, but I'm kind of hoping to find it on the way. Socrates actually he says a lot of interesting things about writing. Ironically, this is, so this is Plato writing what Socrates apparently said right. against writing. He says that uh, truth can't actually be conveyed in writing; it only exists in the the uh, connection between two people in discussion or more. Um, so I don't <laughs> intentionally or not. Um, I was I was thinking about. Huh, podcasts are a lot more like dialogues than they really mm-hmm. are like anything else. That's true. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. All right, so we've already gone way back to Socrates. Yes. As for our influencers, I didn't expect that, but did not either. But I kind of <laughs> like it. <laughs> yeah, because it puts because us I in think a it classical really does. tradition. It, well, not only does it is it the most like probably the thing that defines podcasts in general but it just yeah it's just so accurate to like the format of a podcast mm-hmm. is like that essentially although it should really be like a large crowd of people also with the two of us the, talking uh, yeah yeah but normally it is just two people going but, back and but forth maybe but maybe that's the view maybe that's where the viewers come in yeah or the listeners rather people just we have a, a crowd behind us <laughs> that that would that would be weird right right i guess like live podcasts are kind of like that they just had one at creation did they actually record it i don't know i wasn't there i don't know i wasn't either um so more recent <laughs> what <laughs> more recent Again, than 400 bc <laughs> Um, I was gonna say also Jesus kind of does some dialogue too. By the way, if you right? Jesus also famously reason. never writes anything down. Right. And um, and he says, whenever two or three are gathered together in my name, I shall be in the midst of them. And it, like, if you replace Jesus with truth, like if you if you just replace those words, then it's kind of like the same thing Socrates said. Um, mm-hmm. but not really. Kind of. It's similar. I was, did I tell you this? I was reading Rumi, who is a, um, it depends on who you ask, but I I think pretty confidently we can say he's a Iranian mystic Islamic poet. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's just what I do. Uh, <laughs> he quotes that in one of his poems and I was shocked by that because I always forget that um, Jesus is actually like an important person 
right. in Islam. Like he comes back in the like the Battle of Armageddon and is leading like the the forces of of good. And I I, I always like am shocked by these things. But mm-hmm. I mean he's like the second most prophet in Islam. Right. Anyway. Um so I don't I don't feel like I had any um modern like sources that I was bringing into this format. Um at least at the beginning of this podcast. Would do you feel the same way I don't know. or what about Rhett and Link? Like... I mean, well, we t- we've talked about Rhett and Link before. Right. And watched a lot of Rhett and Link leading so, up to this. Though I Right. I don't think either of us are very much like Rhett or Link. Maybe. No. And I and I think like I've I've listened to their podcast a little bit too, but even their show is much a different format. Um although not really because literally it starts off by saying let's talk about that. It's literally especially at the beginning of the when the when the show was first the started earlier episodes, yeah. Right. Literally was like them reading like a ridiculous like kind of news article or something like that and talking about it. So I guess it is kind of more similar to that format. Um, but I don't know. I don't think that we necessarily try to do be as humorous as they are. Not saying that we don't try to be funny, but the goal of the podcast is to be humorous. Yeah. Where I would say the goal of their show is to be humorous. I also think they're just better at it than... No, for sure. <laughs> than we are. They've also have been doing it a lot longer than yeah. we have. Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you see any other ways that they would influence us? Uh, I don't know. They're they're on the internet talking about random things. Mm-hmm. They've known each other for a long time. Yep. Uh, they've s- sang songs. <laughs> <laughs> We both sang songs before. Yeah, but not like on the sh- on the podcast. No. Um, if you want that to happen, don't tell us. Um, <laughs> I watched a video about the the Star Spangled Banner yesterday because it was uh-huh. it was um, the fourth. The fourth, July. yeah. And uh, I I had never thought about it as being a difficult song before, or hard to remember. But I'm watching this and I'm like, oh, it's so challenging for people to sing. What I mean, it, people mess it up a lot, right. but I just thought that was just because we have a large sample size, um, and celebrities do dumb things. Um, mm-hmm. But I learned that the Star Spangled Banner spans a a twelve note range, whereas uh, like O Canada is seven notes. America the Beautiful I think is also seven notes, so it, it does have a large range. Um, nice. and there's a lot more skips than there are steps, which is, so a step is where you go to the, the next note on the scale. Uh-huh, uh-huh. For those who don't know. Interesting. But, I, like, I've apply? never thought of it as being hard before. And, and, like, I don't, I don't think I'm a better singer than I think I am. Well, when you can pick your own key... That's kind of. I mean, you just get a start at the right note, and then you should I be guess so. you should fine. be fine. I don't know. I don't often sing the Star Spangled Banner. Oh, Star Spangled it's Banner always playing of... when I'm walking into work, which is bad timing That's on my part. Because you work for the military. <laughs> um, Do you have to stop and yeah, like wait? I told you the first time, right? Uh, it was raining. I think so. Yeah. And some guy <laughs> yelled at me for walking. That's right. <laughs> Because it's just playing somewhere on bass, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's a normal thing. I'm going nice. to go to work. Speaking of, if, now that we're down this rabbit trail, sure. so um, the other day, remember a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the the North Korean summit? Mm-hmm. I watched the propaganda video. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> was it as bonkers as I said it was? I was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like... I, the my favorite part was when I forget what it, what the line was, but they said something, 
but it was like something like really good and they cut to a like picture of Trump and so they were like what a this great one great man and like they cut to this picture of Trump or something like that and then I was like from the North Korean side like this sounds terrible it's like it's like America's like subtly threatening them. Yeah, well, not even that really they need to subtly. But like, it has like it's a like facade Kim that Jong Un can make this decision to bring his country out of poverty, or be blown to pieces. <laughs> it's not exactly that, but it's basically that. Essentially like it cuts that. from Kim Jong Un to just jets, to missiles. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay. I don't it's think ridiculous. the purpose and, of that video is not subtlety. I got to the end of it, and I was like, do they, whoever made this video, Are they do they realize? Yeah. What? Are they aware do, of what they're doing? <laughs> do they realize it looks like every single, like, uh, dystopian, post-apocalyptic, uh, governmental propaganda film ever? Propos, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I, and, and then, then my next thought was, Are they leaning can we into just that? not avoid that? Like, I don't know. I feel like if Anyways. Stephen Miller was in charge, he was leaning into the fact that it looks like <laughs> propaganda. I don't know. Anyways, we're kind of off topic. So, if Rhett and Link aren't influences... I mean, I think they had they do influence it more than probably what we think. I think, I think in the sense that they influence in the fact that they put on a good show and it's simple and it's wholesome and it's just it's just great and it's just like two best friends hanging out i think it, just in like broad these. strokes what <laughs> nothing <laughs> so in broad strokes i feel like in that sense it has influenced in that way okay so someone we talked about on the same camping trip uh Adam and Jamie from the Mythbusters. Those, how those, have they, that was another thought percolating in my, my uh, mind. How have they influenced us? Are, are, so they, I, I will are they an unwitting inspiration for our podcast? I think I think in the sense where you you realize the in in the idea that you realize the strengths and weaknesses of your hosts. Mm. So so, for instance, it's been said, you know, Jamie's like, I could never do the show by myself without Adam because I need Adam there to basically just be fun and goofy and do stupid things. It's like and Mike I can and Mike. Talk about. Right. And so in this case, Austin, he could do the show on his own probably. <laughs> no one would listen, though. No, nobody <laughs> would listen to it. Um, but... But so I was thinking about it at the beginning of this too. Is it, it definitely kind of falls into much more of like I'm I am the one asking you questions. I am the one kind of interviewing, if you will. Um, I yeah. But I then didn't, can can I didn't want to say I'm Socrates, <laughs> but <laughs> I think that's fine. I'm not gonna. I'm not really that gonna seems, be. That seems arrogant on my part, though. So I wanted to. I wanted to avoid that. So you're not Socrates. You are filling that role of Socrates. Yes. Right? <laughs> um, Still which sounds there, maybe man. a little arrogant. <laughs> but the show works is because it's so you're not just listening to Austin prattle on about stuff Russia. that only he knows about. I hope that I can try to reel it in and try to make it understandable and ask questions that... I feel like people would be asking because I've been asking these questions to Austin for my entire life because basically nothing has changed. Um, what? I mean, some things have changed. Oh, some things have changed. Um, so I think that in that sense with Jamie and Adam, it's like, okay, how do you how do you know what your role is and how do you get the most out of the people mm -hmm. that are in, in hosting it? Did you have any ideas? For what? Influences. Oh, Vinslers? Well, um, well, we can just jump into the more the more recent ones. So, the other day, so basically, 
since the beginning of this podcast, um, I didn't realize it until halfway through when, okay, so I was listening to another podcast that I listened to about Harry Potter, mm. and oh, they had, sorry, John yes. plugged this recently. Yeah. So this is all leading up to the same mm-hmm. thing. Um, so basically John was, John Green was on the show. Um, and wow, like, I'm guessing it for them. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty big. I didn't realize he point. was on it. Yeah. So he was on the show and I'm guessing he like gave it a shout out because he was on the show. Um, but then, so then I listened, I was listening to their podcast and he, at the end of it, was talking about how he and his brother became famous because of this video that his brother Hank did years ago about Accio Deathly Hallows before Mm. the seventh book came out. So this is like 2007. And like that was how their videos like got viral or whatever because people were uproared that he was pronouncing the word Accio wrong or something like that. Anyways. Really? So at this point. How do you say it? What? Was he trying to just He said get it's it like wrong? Axio or Accio. Oh. Isn't it Accio? It, it, he says Axio, I think, oh. in the in his song. So he's like singing a song about it. Anyways. So then I was like, John Green, this is the guy who So, okay, so this is this is my perspective. I am I'm listening to this podcast where basically they kind of go through and look at things and talk about like philosophical and different things about Harry Potter. Anyways, and so I'm like, wow, this guy's like pretty good. Like he's saying some good stuff here. I like what he's saying. So then I go watch the Axio Harry Potter Axio Destiny Hollows video. Then I like watch their like some of their more recent stuff, which just happened to be like one of my favorite things. Uh, anyways, looked up about the, the Green Brothers because at this point I'm like John Green is the guy who wrote the Fault in Our Stars. Also known as the Vlog Brothers. Um and that's all I know about him. But then I find out that these guys are the Vlog Brothers, who, for the last like twelve years, have been making YouTube videos of like just like five minute clips, essentially to each other. So I watched their mo- his most recent one, which was like one of my favorite ones, which was the Liger Delusion one. Which was, was a recommendation. Like, I was like, wow, this guy is a genius. Like, I need to listen to everything he's ever done so essentially since that day i have like not stopped consuming vlog brothers slash hank and john green material which has turned out to be kind of an obsession to the fact that on my dresser right now is a copy of paper towns by john green um i've listened to him talk about paper towns uh the i have not read it yeah i so I have a conflict. So I haven't perception. even got to the point. Yeah, the point of what I was saying. Can I'll just yeah, one, sure, one sure. quick the pull point. So basically, I like watch this. I watch a vlog brothers video, and then I like text Austin. I'm like Austin, I just watched the vlog brothers, and I realized that basically you want our podcast to be <laughs> like this. <laughs> yeah, you've been trying to get us to be like this the entire time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a few years back, I was watching Crash Courses, uh, which are great. Uh, which is also done by John. Right. Anderson. They're kind of like a a late high school to early college kind of intro for lots of things, but they're a lot better than, I don't want to say a lot better than most college courses, but they're a lot better than most college courses because they're, they're so much more balanced and, uh, like, open, I guess. Um than a lot of curricula is. Uh, so I was like, John Green. Doesn't he have the same name as that guy who wrote The Fault in Our Stars? Because this is much closer to whenever that came out. Is that 2014? Right. I don't know. I was in college, I think. So I do a quick Google search. You were in college then. Um, and I'm like, wait. This is the guy who wrote A Fault in Our Stars? <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, no, it was 2014. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, oh, I don't know what to make of this. Because my, my opinion of A Fault in Our Stars, right, is just yep. so low. 
But my opinion of these Crash Course videos is just like, these guys are amazing. Like, I think I've talked about their, their History of Science one, but it's so good because it's so, like, consuming. And it's like, science is, is how do we answer these questions? I just love how they frame it. It's like, how do we answer these questions of who are we? What are we doing here? What is all this stuff? And, like, what are, how do we understand these things? Which is really the mm-hmm. questions of science. So they talk about it in, in terms of uh, religion and how does religion inform what we believe scientifically? How does philosophy inform what we believe scientifically? Because, I mean, they're really all entwined. And that's, that is something that does not come across at all in, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in normal science courses. Um, or religion courses. Um, so it's like, wow, these guys do a really great job. Uh, so <laughs> now I'm like, am I going to read The Fault in Our Stars? Because, <laughs> like, I read a lot of things. Yep. And I read a lot of things that I'm like, hmm. I don't know. That was weird or bad or mm-hmm. just uncomfortable and it's like my opinion of the fault in our stars is still just like the genre i'm like i can't read this book (laughs) but i like i love john green and i like i love what he says so if i do read the fault in our stars dear listeners don't think too poorly of me The weirdest. So I read. I read the prologue to Paper Towns mm-hmm. last night, and the weirdest part was that I was reading it in like John, John Green's, Green's voice. voice. <laughs> Aren't they like teenagers? Yeah. Yeah. It was like the prologue is like a, is from is like from when they're like nine years old or something like that. So it's like this nine year old boy like being read as like John a forty three year old guy. <laughs> yeah. I don't actually know if he's forty three or not. If he is, that's uh, a good guess. I, I think, I think they're almost forty. I think he might be forty or thirty-nine. But yeah, so whether or not I told Adrian, I've always wanted this to be a mix of the Vlog Brothers and PBS Idea Channel, which I think I have made pretty explicit. Yeah. Um. And I, well, at least the early episodes, back when PBS Idea Channel was still a thing. Uh, it, it's, it's a great sadness to me. I, it, it took me a long time coming around on it, but... Because, like, I disagree with so many of Mike Rignetta, host of PBS Idea Channel's conclusions. But, I, in the same way that, like, it's balanced with Crash Courses... I don't really agree with his conclusions, but I like that he's asking these questions because they're, they're just wacky. And I think I like absurd things a lot more than many people. Like mm-hmm. the Onions YouTube channel is so funny because <laughs> it's just bonkers. There, yeah. There's one that the title is um, Experts Agree uh, Bioengineered crabs giant crabs pose no threat to the populace <laughs> and they just have this panel of experts right talking about oh thanks to something corp for developing these giant bioengineered crabs that are next to this radioactive rift in the bottom of the ocean they will never pose a threat to humanity they're only going to do good uh like they're talking about maybe this crack will, you know, erupt sometime soon, but these crabs, and it's like, <laughs> they're like setting up a supervillain origin story for these crabs as news anchors and saying they're never going to be a problem. It's so good. I've, yeah. So, PBS Idea Channel asks these like seemingly absurd questions and then takes them seriously. Like, is... Super. This I think the first one is is Super Mario Brothers, a uh, work of surrealist art. Um. And there's just like a, like a. He said he says it as a playfulness, with ideas that I really like, because, I like to make, strange connections and then see how they work out. Um, and that's kind of the point of that. Um kind of the whole format of PBS Idea Channel. It's like, 
mm-hmm. here's these two things that seem like they're disconnected. Let's say they're connected, and does that make any sense? Um, or, or, like, just reactions to things that I think about. Like, there was one, is, is Bob Dylan actually literature? Which I felt very strongly about after he won the Nobel Prize in literature. So, uh, there's, like, there's those weird questions, like... Uh, I can't think of any. Oh, one is like is over the garden wall about having faith. So it's like taking pop culture and then thinking really seriously about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what did you think though when Kendrick won the Pulitzer? Oh, I was glad. Um, How is that different than Bob Dylan winning? Well, the Pulitzer Prize for music is for music. Um, oh, I didn't realize it. No, no, no. If he had won, like, the Pulitzer Prize for Journalism, I might might have still been okay with that. But he won the Pulitzer Prize for Music, so I'm like, he's actually a musician. Um, And he's like, that's something that he could have been like, oh, I Mm -hmm. I could win this. Bob Dylan wins the Nobel Prize in Literature, and it's just like... It's not actually um, literature. Okay. And I think I think too, like going back to the idea of um, PBS Idea Channel, and how that apply to us. I think kind of when like what we talk about in movies a lot is kind of like that idea is like kind of not expecting, but like almost demanding more from mm-hmm. our popular media that it actually is like telling a story or has something I can draw upon it that is actually points to something in real life. Well, I mean, he um, assumes that, um, like, it does have this deeper meaning, and what is it? Right. Um, I think we're kind of more hopeful. Uh, but, like, some of the, the, the titles of these that are questions, like, our podcast, The New Rolex, like, that's a very PBS Idea Channel title. Um, or is yeah, okay. As Trump's secret genius is is more normal. Um, well, and it's just a joke from the office, but oh yeah, that too. But <laughs> just yeah, just like asking things that seem to have an absurd premise, and then seeing where those ideas go. Um, mm-hmm. So I think you can. Yeah, you can get a lot out of seemingly weird things. I think Da Vinci says that um, metaphors are are the like the best sign of intelligence because it's how do you connect to seemingly disparate um, ideas. Mm-hmm. And and this might not have anything to do with it, but just talking about things that seem normal that we don't think about. So, for instance. On Friday, or I think it was Friday. Anyways, what was the morning we got up oh, super yeah, early for Friday. the tarp run? We got up, and we went to go get coffee, and the coffee shop wasn't open. So we ended up just sitting at a picnic table with our friend Nate, and we were just talking about smells and tastes, mainly smells. So this is just like having a conversation about something that we do literally all the time. But think, thinking about it in a different way or thinking about it more in depth that actually draws out a really interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. The question is, why don't we have words for uh, smells like we do for groups of things that taste alike or colors, that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's for another time. So... I guess my question about influence, influencers, what has influenced us is, maybe it's kind of a double question, but what what is there, where's the line on influence? So can we just be like, hey, we like what these guys are doing, so we're basically just going to do the exact same thing. Is that influence? Is that stealing? Is that okay? Um, that's my first question. Um... I mean, it depends on how you do it, I think. Like, 
even we have a even though we're like two brothers just talking back and forth about things, we still have a very different format than John and Hank Green, um, where they have short videos that are bi-weekly kind of bouncing back and forth and they don't always respond to each other. Sometimes mm-hmm. they do. Um, sometimes it's more like self-contained thoughts. So if we were doing that, I think that would be more, um, you know, we're directly trying to emulate these people. Um, right. But, and, and it depends on, it depends on what you're doing. Uh, like when, PBS Idea Channel sadly ended its run. Mike said, like he'd love it if more PBS Idea Channels showed up, because he, like as he said, it's it's very his perspective centric, um, mm-hmm. and guided a lot by his interests. Um, so everyone's gonna bring their own. Like I share a lot of similar interests to him but I don't share all the same interests. Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. I do share the same interests, I don't share the same perspectives. Um, right. So even if you're bringing a similar format, you're bringing yourself. And hopefully yourself is different than right. other people. Um, and you can right. express what that difference is and why you think the things you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I have... Excuse me. I've even thought a lot about, like, basically replicating the Vlogbrothers, like, format. Because I really like the idea of, like, okay, I have a three to five minute video to just kind of say, talk about an idea. And I think in some ways that would work really well for us. Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes there are lots of smaller, more contained thoughts that would work better in a format like that than in a, the podcast format like this um, because you can't always have an entire podcast on some of like smaller thoughts or whatever. But, I mean, there's limitations it, to that too because sometimes you or I don't really get rolling into something until we're like 15 minutes in. Right, and so it, it would be different a different format in the sense where you'd, uh, you'd have to think about it ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um as opposed to kind of this format where we can kind of, maybe it starts a little slower, but gets going by the end of it. Um, and so again, I think it still fits in the same ideas. Like you're still bringing different perspectives. Um, and like the more I listen to Hank and John, the more I like see similarities between us and them. Um, and just how they, their personality types and everything mm-hmm. uh, like that. But even still, there's still lots of differences. There's still, and even more so, I think your differences in perspectives, what you were talking about, I think is a, is a big, um, the biggest thing in that. So even if we could, we were talking about the same topic, we're still going to be coming at it from different perspectives that mm-hmm. allows for mm-hmm. different content, different answers, different whatever. Um, and so then my second question was, how do we how do we deal with influence? Can we be influenced too much to the extent where it's not good? Can we be let down by the people who we are being influenced by? For instance, the other day I was listening to um, Hank and John's podcast, and literally John like brings up the Federalist Papers. So that's why I was thinking about the Federalist Papers mm-hmm. earlier. And John's like, I don't even know what. Or no, no, sorry, Hank. John brings up the Federalist Papers, and Hank's just like, I don't even know what the Federalist Papers are. That doesn't like, surprise me. What are the Federalist Papers? <laughs> okay, it kind of is. Like, but if any of them was, it, if either of them wasn't going to know, it's it's Hank. But still, like, it, it just kind of blew my mind. I was like, here is this guy who I feel like knows everything, yeah. right? He can do whatever he wants. So like, he can, he just knows everything. And I, I know some bit of information that he doesn't even know. He doesn't even like never even yeah. heard of and then of course i was like thinking of sherlock holmes i was just like you have to just get rid of certain things because if he's gonna know all this about everything else but still and then to make it even worse john was like yeah it was like written back in you know before the declaration of independence it was written by hamilton and whatever he didn't say that he got that part right but anyways he's it's, like it was it written by these people it wasn't before the declaration of independence anyways 
It's but before the Constitution. He, uh, he said it was written by James or um, who is it's it's really written by Madison, yeah. right? But he said it was written by Monroe instead of uh, Madison. Like uh, he, I think he knew that th- he knew he was wrong, but he like didn't catch it. And I was just like, no, both of them have said <laughs> things that are just like extremely jarring to me mm. in like a span of like a minute. Yeah. And so like that idea of like here's the people that I have been like idolizing for the last like month, and now all of a sudden there's like something about them that or something that they said yeah. or something has just come like crumbling down. So how do you kind of deal that deal with that type of thing when you're like looking at influencers? Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think the the most important thing is to remember that people are people, um, no matter how great they are. Like Socrates has a lot of great ideas. Like Socrates has a lot of shockingly good and relevant ideas, but he also has some like eh, not great ideas. So like mm. even with with so Augustine was saying that uh, some people say, oh, maybe Plato is a demagogue. Even like if and he's Plato's like, I or no, not Plato. Augustine's like, I put Plato above Hercules, Romulus, mm-hmm. all these people. Um, and he's like, I mean, he's still just a person. Um, right. He's like, I, I don't count him as a demagogue. So that I think that's kind of the most important thing. Like. When I met Brandon Sanderson, I, I don't. Uh, it was, it was, it was like I don't want to say it was a bummer because a lot of great things. But I asked him a question, and it was a very like. No one's gonna understand this question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, because I'm waiting in line all this time, and I'm just thinking about his universe, and and what happens when his idea of um like cognition interacts with bodies because so because uh, I was taking this class um called science faith and technology it really wasn't very good um but they're talking about how like uh the mind being embodied in the brain um in a lot of ways so mm-hmm. that you can't they're not really separable um so, like, are you familiar with Phineas Gage? Uh, only from what you have told me about this specific... Right, so yeah. that, this is the, the main crux of the problem. Not a lot of people are familiar with Phineas Gage unless you're a psychology student or a psychology professor or your dad's a psychology, dad's professor, a psychology professor and you read his textbooks. Um, so he was like a, uh, a foreman for people digging tunnels for railroads. And he went to tap, tamp down some dynamite. It did not go well. The steel rod that he was tamping it down with, right through the bottom of his head, through his skull, out the other side. He survives, shockingly. His, mm-hmm. his frontal cortex is completely destroyed, though. And it changes his personality completely. Um, to the point where, like... His wife left him. Is like he couldn't hold down these old friendships. We're getting somewhere. Um, so the destruction of his brain changes his personality a lot. And in Brandon Sanderson's world, there's one character whose body is completely destroyed, but he continues unchanged personality-wise in this other dimension of the universe. So I'm thinking to myself, what do people even need brains for? In Brandon Sanderson's books, if you can destroy their brains and their their person goes on unchanged mm-hmm. in this cognitive realm. So I asked him that question more roundabout than that. Um, he was like, oh, biology works the same as it does in our world for the most part. And I'm like, if if minds are different, how can biology be the same? Mm-hmm. And so, and his his big rule is like, I should think more about my universe than other people do. And I'm like, I'm thinking more about the this universe. Yeah, thinking I'm thinking more about this universe than Brandon Sanderson. And that was like, that was like a bummer for me, like way wow. more than it should have been. So, 
don't put people on pedestals, I guess. Yeah. Um, don't put us on pedestals. For sure. I don't know things. <laughs> Mm-mm. I couldn't think and, of what and, I don't know, so. And and I think, um, <laughs> so one of John's most recent videos that he mm. posted was talking about the the old wise fish or something like that. And we don't have time. You'll just have to look, look at the video. But basically he was talking about how he is kind of pretending to be the old wise fish. Which was like, for me it was like, no John, you are like the wise, the old wise fish to me. But to hear him say that was interesting because then Austin and I were talking about it later. And Austin's like, well, I kind of feel like you were trying to do that. Or I don't know. I'm not going to speak for Austin. But we try to do that. We try to be the old wise fish even though we really don't know what we're talking about sometimes. That's fair. I don't know. Um, but I guess his his point was what what was the point he was trying to make? Don't uh, I don't remember what it, I think what it's he the was same thing. The like I don't know everything. Right. I'm still just trying to get through it as I go. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just because you listen to two people on a podcast doesn't mean that you have to take everything they you say. You can definitely be influenced too far. That's just yeah. like fact. Yeah. That's like cults. There are other examples. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I hope that we have tried to say to to encourage people to think for themselves on this podcast. I I like to think so at least. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. I did well, claim to be a Russian expert once. <laughs> I think that's fair. Any other final thoughts before recommendations? Um, yeah. Like, if you like something, say, how can I bring myself to this? And not saying, how can I take this and mm-hmm. and use it, I guess. it That might sound like it's not any different, but, it, like, how can I add to this, not how can I like submit myself to this right because what what makes the what makes those combinations great what makes Rhett and Link great what makes Jamie and Adam great what makes John and and Hank great is not the format right Mm -hmm. the format is not what makes them great It's it's the actual characters it's the actual people and how they interact with each other and what they do um and and what they have to say and the knowledge that they have and the wisdom that they have and so it's the same the way goofiness. for, right. And it's the same way for anything else. And what you're, tr- what you're saying is like, don't just try to take the, don't try to be them mm-hmm. because you're never going to end up being as like, just as ridiculous as Link is every single time when you think that he's making it up, but he's not acting mm-hmm. or you're never going to be as like frumpy and grumpy as Jamie, but still awesome at the same time. Like, and I'm and I'm never gonna be as wise maybe or as smart as John. So like it's not like we need to be trying for these things. We need to say, hey, like I like this format. I like what they're doing. I like these things. But then put yourself into those spots, mm-hmm. not necessarily try to emulate those people. I think that's good. Yeah, take take what you should take and leave what you should take because. Mm-hmm. I mean, you should learn. You should learn some things from people, right? Um, but not everything, right? Yeah, learn from them, but don't change your who you are to be someone you're not. In the sense yeah. that you're trying to perfectly emulate yeah. somebody else. Yeah. I'm not saying don't grow. Right. Good. I'm saying definitely grow and take the opportunities from people who know different things to grow. Especially because so many people get spikes driven into their heads in Brandon Sanderson's universe. (laughs) Austin's a little salty about this still, however many years later. It was, um, 
think it was four years ago. I can't be. You're never gonna be satisfied. I know. Call me. Eliza. No. <laughs> um. Shoot, Angelica. Oh yes, that's who I meant. Anyways, recommendations, Austin. What do you got for us this week? Well, it was uh, as I said, it was the Fourth of July yesterday. So if you put your sleuth hats on, you can tell when we recorded it. Um. <laughs> It's also late. Um, so. so today at lunch, people are going around and being like, "Oh, what you got? What was the most American thing you did yesterday?" And I'm like, "Oh no." The first person says, "Oh, I watched a baseball game on my couch." And the second person's like, "Oh, I watched the fireworks in Washington D.C." And someone's like, "Oh, I went to two different barbecues yesterday." I'm like, "Oh no." <laughs> and I'm like, "I read a book that was by an American." Oh, nice. that's <laughs> so good for you. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. Th- so they're like, "Wow, Austin, really lowballing it on your Americanness." But I, for me to read a book by an American, that's like it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I might as well have been wearing a, a red, white, and blue speedo on the beach in Europe. Um, <laughs> so it was uh, Sula by Toni Morrison. Uh, she. I think she might be the first and only African-American woman to win the Nobel Prize um, in literature. Mm-hmm. I don't think... That might be just generally a true, actually. I don't know. For Nobel Prize. Anyway, um, it's a strange book. Uh, it, re- it reminded me a lot. She would probably not be a fan of me saying that it reminded me a lot of William Faulkner, but it reminded me a lot of William Faulkner. Um, Especially like Absalon, Absalon, and kind of East Mm -hmm. of Eden where you're telling this like family epic over several generations and you have families intermingling and you see how um, parents affect children and vice versa and where Mm -hmm. that leads um, your characters in the end. Um, there's actually a Crash Course video about Sula. Uh, nice. If you want a much briefer synopsis than I would typically give. Um, so, it's strange. I, 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 th- I think if you, if you like William Faulkner, you'll like Sula. If you're... interested in reading books by underrepresented groups Tony Morrison's like the Nobel Prize winningest of them mm-hmm. um so so I the reason why Faulkner is like controversially a uh like a uh lost cause southerner so you know as a black woman in America. Right. She's, I would, I, th- I think, pretty confidently say is not a lost cause southerner. Yep. So, Sula, I also watched a video, when I say video, I mean movie, uh, called In Bruges. Uh, I don't know if I recommend it either. <laughs> it's pretty violent, uh, and it was not American at all. So it takes place in Bruges, which is a city uh-huh. in Belgium. Uh, both of the main characters are Irish, uh, and they make fun of Americans for being fat and bad tourists in the movie. So, That's fair. it was not my best movie to watch on America's birthday, but it was an okay movie. Oh, and I watched Star Wars. I saw it was on Netflix, and uh, which one? The eighth one. So, oh, finally watched yeah, the last finally Jedi. watched the last, the last Jedi, which I think we've done two videos um, at this point. Yeah. So I was thinking, oh, we need to do a third one now that I've watched this, because I I watched it and I was like, is the Last Jedi about Christianity? Um, which is probably not, but there are a lot of like, I to mute 
or very blatant reference. There's one exceptionally blatant reference to Christianity. Kylo Ren comes back to Snoke's throne room, and Snoke, the Emperor of the First mm-hmm. Order, says, "Well done, my good and faithful um, apprentice." Mm-hmm. Um, or when Luke wants to burn the Jedi Temple and then doesn't bring himself to it, and then Yoda does. And they're talking about the sacred texts of the Jedi Order. And Yoda is saying, oh, very page-turners they're not. Something like that. So, and, like, I was thinking, uh, and then uh, Luke, when he confronts Kylo Ren at the end, uh, Mm -hmm. air quotes there, Kylo asks him, have you come to save my soul? Um... So then I was thinking of of Luke as like a a parent or a mentor whose child slash mentee has like rejected his faith, which has been on my mind a lot um, <laughs> in the past week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, is that like, because that, that, that's a, to me, that was a really good way to understand Luke in this movie because I know parents like yep. that. I know like pastors and, and things like that. And like that struggle, like personally, I know what that like feeling of loss is like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean that, that kind of blows the episode there, but it was a, yeah, I liked it. I, the, I went in knowing when this, when things were going to be stupid, which was really helpful for me because you know how I yeah. love spoilers, right? So it's like, oh, I know right. this part in the casino is going to be dumb. <laughs> tune out. Uh, I forgot that was even let in me, this movie. Let me tune back in when we get Kylo and Ren back on back on the, the scene. I told people, if you cut every character except for Kylo, Rey, Luke, and Snoke, I would watch that movie again. That's the only parts that I remember. They were the they're they were easily the most interesting to me. They were the most interesting parts of a Star Wars movie. A hundred percent. Like that's not even close. Anyway, those are media. You, I you have very long recommendations. Yeah, sorry about that. That's okay. My recommendations. So I drove back to New Hampshire on Monday, and most of that time was spent listening to. Hank and John Green's podcast, which honestly is like one of my most favorite things like ever right now. Um, basically they, I'm shocked. Just, <laughs> <laughs> they, people send in emails with questions and yeah, mainly questions about just random things, anything under the sun and they will just answer these questions. And so like half the time, they will answer them really seriously and give you like, this is how people tell told time before clocks existed, or this is um, what happened. Like, can you go as far between galaxies where you can't even see stars? And so they have all this like just ridiculous amount of information uh, about just a huge variety of topics, which is why I was shocked that they didn't yeah. know Hank didn't know that what the Federalist Papers were. But anyways, then the other half the time, they're just, like, just joking and making spoofs about, like, every – all the questions that are coming in. And so they're just making, like, these hilarious jokes about the situations that people find themselves in. So it's just a great time. They're hilarious. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't I can't praise it enough. But if you look at – it's called Dear Hank and John is their podcast. It's hilarious. Um but also really informative as well on occasions. So, and then I love how they end it where they talk about um, news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon. So mm. Hank will talk about the news from Mars because Hank loves space and so knows everything about space, especially Mars and Mars travel. And then John, which is just another ridiculous fun fact about John Green. If you want to look up John Green, AFC Wimbledon. And you'll watch this great video about how John Green essentially like saved this third tier English football team. Anyways, it's ridiculous. He so talks he tells about him all lot. this news about. Yeah, um, 
So anyways, that's my recommendation for this week. Dear Hank and John, featuring Hank and John Green. <laughs> it's not really featuring if they're the, the main people. Oh, yeah, I guess. So thanks for joining us. Yep. Hopefully you have a good week. Enjoy your freedoms. Enjoy your freedoms. Unless you're listening to this not in America, which... In the Ukraine. There might be some listeners. I don't know. I hope you enjoy what freedom you have. Mm-hmm. And learn to be content I think Germany is also up there on the list. They have some freedoms. I mean, lots of people have some freedoms. It depends on what Anyways. you count as freedom. <laughs> We're going to dive into a big rabbit hole <laughs> if we keep going that way. Yeah. Yeah. So... Enjoy whatever freedoms you have. <laughs> Indeed. We'll see you next week.